and welcome to Electronic Ears with me, Fenner. I had a week off from the show last week, as you may have noticed. I was at the Blue Dot Festival, and this week's show is largely my diary from the festival. Uh, Thursday night was excellent. It was the Halle Orchestra playing space themes, which is great. It's the one day you're allowed to take a chair into the auditorium, so you all sort of sat there with a drink, listening to this splendid orchestra with fantastic visuals. That was a great start to the festival. Um, and then things kicked off uh, proper on Friday, and with uh, lectures and music all through the day. And the first thing that I went to see was the Delia Derbyshire afternoon, which I had been hugely looking forward to. Um, but what a massive disappointment it was. Um, just two 45-minute sections. The first was supposed to be about Delia Derbyshire. And, you know, if they'd rung me up at nine o'clock on the Thursday morning, I could have had something better done by Friday afternoon. It was very disappointing. And the second part was an interview uh, with one of the guys from White Noise, which, again, if they'd prepared it properly, could have been really, really interesting. But I won't dwell on the negative. Let's play something by Delia Derbyshire, perhaps the best-known piece of work that she was ever involved in. This is the original theme for Doctor Who. as part of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop and the original theme from Doctor Who, which actually the Halley did a great version of that on the Thursday night as well. And on the Friday evening, the main band was Hot Chip, who I've seen live before. They're a cracking live band. They play really, really well. They perform very well. I have to say, on this occasion, the set list wasn't absolutely amazing. They started off with Haruchi Lights, which is kind of my favourite song, so it was a little bit downhill after that. Um, 
But they did play this track, which I do like, which is called Ready for the Floor. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it now. Say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it now.
hot chip and ready for the floor. Now, the great thing about this particular year for Blue Dot is that not only did they take the minx with me, I took four of my kids, and also my friends Andy and John were there, which was just great. And at the end of the, or during the hot chip set, they played one track, which I absolutely loved. And I thought, this is it. This is the kind of stuff they should be playing. And John told me afterwards, actually a cover version of a track by the Beastie Boys called Sabotage, which funnily enough, I have on a compilation of Beastie Boys stuff that I've just, I guess I've just never listened to it or forgotten all about it. But it was such an absolute belter. I thought I'd play for you this evening. So here we go from the hot, hot chip set, but the original version by Beastie Boys. This is Sabotage. The Beastie Boys and Sabotage, uh, the highlight, as it happens, of the hot chip set on Friday night at this year's Blue Dot. But the headline act on Saturday uh, was Kraftwerk, 
And I saw them on their last tour, which was in support of the 3D catalogue, the kind of live album, as it were. Um, and I saw them right at the front, uh, Liverpool, which was fantastic. And then I saw them right at the back at the Royal Albert Hall, which is also fantastic. Um, I think the first time because up close and kind of personal. And the second time because I just saw the whole show sort of as it was meant to be seen and fantastic sound. And I thought, well, that's it. You know, I kind of agree with... Florian Schneider, who left Kraftwerk, what, 15 years ago, that it's now just a museum piece. And I get that on the one hand. On the other hand, it is Ralph Hutter kind of curating the work. And there are still variations to it and improvisations. Um, Either way, they were playing Blue Dot. I wasn't going to not go and see them. Uh, And the show was great. It was absolutely packed. Um, Set list was kind of predictable. I wish they would throw in a few of the tracks that they prepared when they did the catalogue tour, where they've toured sort of the whole of the eight canonical albums. So I had to pick a song to play this evening. Uh, I thought I'd pick The Man Machine, because although it wasn't my favourite track on the original album, actually it's, it's pretty much my favourite um, live track of theirs. The version that I'm playing is from that uh, 3D catalogue box set. So this is Craftwork and The Man Machine.
Craftwork and the Man Machine, and that probably is the last time now that I will see them. Unless I get an opportunity to see them in Dusseldorf, that would have a certain romantic poetry and closure to it. Uh, but for now, that is it. And after the Craftwork set, we went across to one of the other stages where 808 State were playing. And, you know, I mean, I've all said this before on the show, the 90s were kind of a dead period for me uh, electronically, although there was a lot of dance music going on. I've never really liked that uh, as a genre. And I have to say, after about 15 minutes of 808 State, I remembered why. I found it quite monotonous. But I wanted to play something by them, so I thought I'd fall back on this old favourite. This is 808 State and Pacific State.
Pacific State by 808 State. Now, in addition to all the music, there's loads to see at the Blue Dot Festival. It's a science festival as well, and I went with varying people to a few bits and pieces, saw a great uh, talk on the periodic table, uh, and actually, interestingly, a talk by a guy called Dave Colson uh, from his book called uh, The Jungle in Your Garden, something along those lines. Uh, and he was absolutely incredible. Um, just so interesting hearing, well, actually, really depressing hearing about sort of the ecological t- catastrophe we're heading towards, but really interesting to hear from him what the solutions to that might be if anybody ever gets around to doing them. And in addition to those lectures and talks, there's also a, a tent run by the BBC for their BBC introducing stage. And there was some interesting stuff to see on that. Nothing that absolutely blew me away, apart from uh, an act called Lines, with two I's, L-I-I-N-E-S, who were kind of, of, I suppose their influence, their clearest influences would be PJ Harvey and Elastica, which was very good. And I don't think that's the kind of uh, band that would normally make it onto Electronic Ears, but the Trojan horse of the Blue Dot Festival is permitting me to play them this week. And this is their track called Shallow. Lines and Shallow, I wouldn't mind seeing them live again actually, very, very good. But back to the more electronic-y stuff, and in the, on the Sunday evening, the sort of uh, second act before the headline act, uh, was John Grant, who's got his new album out, Love Is Magic, which has the most extraordinary album cover. It seems to be him in a pair of white underpants, then covered in feathers and with a birdcage on his head, 
singing into a microphone. It's quite extraordinary. Um, it was recorded at Benj's studio, uh, which is, of course, full of analogue synths and stuff, and produced by Benj. John Grant and Benj worked together uh, in Creepshow, of course. And I hadn't actually uh, bought the album yet, although I have bought it subsequently. Um, and it was... Yeah, it was a good set. I still don't think he's got it quite right live. Uh, I saw him at Glastonbury a few years ago and had exactly the same kind of feeling. I am going to see him with Creepshow later this year, though, and I'm looking forward to that. But for now, this is John Grant, and from the new album Love is Magic, this track is called He's Got His Mother's Hips. Oh, 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 oh,
John Grant, and he's got his mother's hips taken from his album Love Is Magic, which I think might actually have come out last year. And the headline act uh, on Sunday, following on from John Grant, were New Order. And ever since Peter Hook left New Order, I've been really uninterested uh, in seeing them play live. And then recently, or a few months ago, I bought a live album of theirs from 2015, NOMC 15, um, because I wanted to play a, one particular track off there. And actually, I was surprised how great they were live um, on this CD, which kind of gave me a bit of enthusiasm for seeing them on the Sunday evening. And they were very good. I mean, after whatever it's been now, like 40 years, Barney still cannot really sing. Um, but musically, it was great. Really good choice of set list. I love the fact the bass player was happy to just play like Peter Hook with Peter Hook's sound. Didn't try and make it his own, but just kind of went, this is the New Order sound. And that worked really, really well. Um, really good set as well. I, in fact, intended to go and see Kayla Painter during the first half of the set. And then John told me that they would be playing probably Transmission and She's Lost in Control by New uh, by. Joy Division, which indeed they did, and that was absolutely superb as well. Um, and then towards the end, they played a version of Temptation, which had sampling in it from Lou Reed's Street Hassle. That was odd. And they played Atmosphere, uh, and that was kind of odd as well, because they used a sample from David Bowie's Cat People. Um, but during the main set, uh, one of the tracks they played by from the New Order catalogue, which I've never played on the show before, uh, was The Perfect Kiss. And I've taken this version from the album I mentioned earlier, the NOMC 15.
Yorda and The Perfect Kiss. Now, I've mentioned already that they played Transmission, She's Lost Control and Atmosphere, but actually finished the gig with the Joy Division classic, uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart, which they did an absolutely fine rendition of. Uh, I've mentioned on the show recently that I picked up the Joy Division Peel Sessions uh, a few weeks ago, so I'm going to play that version for you. Now, interesting thing is that the drum uh, pattern on the recorded version or the album versions were, uh, was much more uh, simplified, I think probably at Martin Hannett's insistence. The way that uh, Steve Morris played it on Sunday was just like this uh, version from the Peel Sessions. This is New Order, well, this is Joy Division, the original Peel Sessions of Love Will Tear Us Apart.
Joy Division and the Peel Session version of Love Will Tear Us Apart. So after that was all finished, John and I went back to the bar on the uh, boutique campsite. I'd got the remnants of a bottle of Jack Daniels with me and we sat down to have a chat. But while I was waiting for John, um, I was chatting to another couple who were big New Order fans. And uh, this woman joined us and she was most insistent that everyone had got it wrong with Kraftwerk being the kind of biggest influence uh, on electronic music and that really it was Jean-Michel Jarre. Um, which, do you know what? I could have let it pass, although she then started going about how Delia Derbyshire never recorded any proper music. So fortunately, John turned up that point and took me away. But I did think there is perhaps something to it in the sense that I'm not sure Jean-Michel Jarre always gets quite the chops he deserves for popularising electronic music. Certainly the stuff he did, I think, was more of a legacy from people like Wendy Carlos, but I thought I would take the opportunity to play a track by him anyway, and what better one to choose than from 1976 and Oxygen 4.
Jean-Michel Jarre and Oxygen 4. Now, one trio who most certainly were not playing at Blue Dot this year were Brian Eno, his brother Roger and Daniel Lenoir. But I thought it would be a nice way to finish the section about Blue Dot just with a track from the Apollo Atmospheres and Soundtracks album they did, what with this being the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Um, the track I'm going to play you is one I've played on the show before. It's absolutely beautiful. This is called An Ending Ascent.
Branino, Rodrino and Daniel Lenoir and an ending ascent taken from the 1983 album uh, Apollo Atmospheres and Soundtracks. Now, after all that Apollo stuff at Blue Dot, uh, the Minx and I went to the Royal Albert Hall on Thursday evening for the proms where uh, public service broadcasting were playing the whole of the Race for Space album end-to-end uh, with the addition of Korolev uh, tucked in there, but with a choir and orchestra which had been arranged by their bassist J.F. Abrams and it was absolutely superb. I really, really enjoyed it and it was just it was such a great audience as well. Like during the other side, everyone was absolutely silent. It was superb. So I thought I'll leave you this week with a track taken from their Live at Brixton album. Which other one would I pick uh, on the 50th anniversary of the moon landing than go? Uh, thanks very much for listening. I hope you're back next week. And until then, cheers. Bye. <laughs>
Tranquility base here. The angle has landed. Okay, keep the chatter down in this room. T1, stand by for T1. 